welcome to the fifth episode of the Track Cycling Podcast. I'm Guy Swarbrick, and as usual, we'll be kicking off with Rob Jones from Canadian Cyclist and our preview of today's action and review of the racing from yesterday. Then we'll be talking to British cycling sprint coach Justin Grace about the young riders coming through in the men's and women's team sprint. And finally, we have part three of our interview with Corbin Strong of New Zealand and his Madison partner Aaron Gate ahead of today's race. Some of you may remember that Gate, who won the bronze in the Omnium last night, crashed out of the team pursuit in Tokyo and became a bit of a celebrity for mouthing sorry to the TV cameras. That crash resulted in a badly broken collarbone, so we're interested to find out how that's holding up ahead of an afternoon of high-speed hand slings. But first, it's over to the Velodrome in Roubaix and Rob Jones. Okay, so um, we're back in the Velodrome with Rob. We're on a phone today instead of a, a Wi-Fi connection, so hopefully it will be better audio quality than uh, the interviews we've done with with Corbin Strong and Aaron Gate, because it seems, it seems okay so far. Um, looking back to yesterday, Rob, we had a couple of, um, of Omnium qualifying heats to start off, and they were pretty good indication of what was to come in the in the rest of the event yeah i mean uh but they added some extra i know i talked to the canadian afterwards derek g and um got his first top 10 finish ever but he said five races in one day was a little much yeah yeah and i think if you were in the first one it was a warm-up with some recovery if you're in the second one it was really tough well the second one actually um the last 15 laps they just rolled around because (laughs) One guy dropped out, and they only had to lose one. So after that, it was like, oh, you're going to make us finish the whole thing? Which was the same in the second women's medicine heat, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I think Mexico went a lap down, and it was it was basically all over at that point. Um, we'll, we'll get back to the Omnium in a minute, but that first women's medicine heat was almost worthy of a final. And I, I, I was sitting there watching it and thinking, oh, well, Ukraine and Belarus are out of this. No points, one sprint to go. And then Ukraine win the final sprint, Belarus come third, and, and Ireland and the USA are out all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both that one and the final. I mean, the final was one of the most aggressive um, Madisons I've ever seen, men or women. Um, yeah. it, you know, you know, almost everybody was down a lap for, for about the, except for the top four teams. Um, and they were just constantly attacking each other. And here in the UK, the um, the TV commentators were convinced that that GB had had the uh, the bronze stolen from them on on the line by Italy, and it, it was close. But um, the the double points saved them in the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, one one point there, um, just to squeak on for what is it, their third or fourth bronze medal? Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess the. On the one hand, the double points saved them. On the other hand, the Italians got ten. So if they'd only got five, it would have been, it would have been yeah. quite comfortable. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was an absolutely cracking race and and, and a fantastic way for for Kirstenville to to bow out of the sport. Yeah, well, she is racing today, but 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 yes, I mean that that was and she was quite emotional afterwards. I mean, when they roll around the track and her teammate was hugging her, and then on the uh, on the podium, she was quite emotional as well. She's she's a big softy, really, for such a for such an aggressive rider. <laughs> uh, back to the Omnium. Um, so, uh, not quite a carbon copy of of Katie Archibald in in the women's event, but another pretty dominant day from from GB in that one. Yeah, I mean, every now and then there seems to be a rider whose form is just so on. That 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 nobody can touch them, and and it was one of those days. I mean, he 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 took laps when he felt like it, yeah. you know. 
Um, and, and, and the last one he took was sort of cheeky, you know, at, at the end and everybody had just sort of give it up and said, Oh, go away if you want <laughs> and take another lap. But it reminds me of Cameron Meyer, um, the Australian some years ago when he was also at the top of his game and, and he was doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, my understanding is that there was some, some talk about whether Ethan should ride the, the British national circuit race championship the week before so close to the, um, so close to the world championships, but he went and won that and then came over here and, um, he just seems to have incredible form at the moment. Um, I yeah. was chat- yeah, chatting, I mean- chatting to Aaron Gate last night, who yeah, was the only one anywhere near him, but, but wasn't that close and, and, and certainly couldn't stick with him in a sprint. Um, and Aaron was, was quite happy with, um, with his, his silver, yeah, he said you're racing against somebody like Ethan on the form Ethan's on. It's it's the best you can expect. Yeah, I mean, and and he rode a strong race. He rode a smart race because you know there were a few times there when it looked like somebody might uh, might take his silver away from him. But um, you know, he he sort of sort of pulled it all together, and 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 he won the elimination. He was very happy about that. And that was a, that yeah. was a a bit of a comedy win, though, wasn't it? I mean, I, I think he would have yes. It would have been a lot tougher if if Grondon hadn't accidentally pulled out thinking he'd won. If he'd had to do a, a one-on-one sprint with the Frenchman, I think that might have been a, a different conclusion. But uh, they both laughed yeah. about it in the end. Yeah, so um, as I said, you know, we, this, this has been a, a very strong championship for, for good racing. You know, despite being post-Olympic, it's it's actually been an excellent championship. Yeah, and, and with, with a couple of strong nations missing a lot of riders as well, I think... Uh, it hasn't mm-hmm. really hasn't really affected the, the quality of what we've seen. Um, the other event that kicked off uh, yesterday morning was the 500 meter time trial, and we we talked enough, I think, yesterday about the the format when we talked about the kilo. Um, but a, a little bit of a surprise in qualification to see the reigning champion sandwiched between um, between two Russians. Yeah, I mean, although you know the the Russians are always strong in that event. Um, and, well, those those particular two, Smirnov and Voynova, um, you know, they're they're all they're always there. Um, so and both um, both former champions. Yes, exactly. So I mean, uh, you know, it again it shows how strong the Germans are going in, and I'm sure you're going to mention another timed event where the Germans were particularly strong. <laughs> we will get to that. Um, so she, she, she could. Lee Sophie Friedrich could only manage uh, second in the uh, in the qualification, but she she sorted that out in the final. Yes, yes. Um, and, and talking of Germans in finals, um, we ended up with with three Germans on the podium in the in the individual pursuit, and a just an incredible performance from Lisa Brennau. Yeah, and I choose another one. She was she was very emotional on the um, on the podium, and her teammates were hugging her, um, and she was crying. So, I mean, for her, obviously, this was a this was a a big a big win. Um, and I actually had to, as I'm sure you've seen, you know, when you have multiple riders all from the same country, I had to go through and carefully tag all my photos as to. A- that was first. This was the one that was second. This that was, was one that, that was very third. helpful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was another German who ended up with fifth or something. Um, so grab a grab a sh- So yeah. you know, we 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 came close to having an all German final with 
the top four being German. So, you know, um, it's quite clear that, that, that right now, I mean, the, particularly in the women's sprint side of things, um, they're unbelievably dominant. And then the, the other event yesterday was the, um, the men's orange competition, sorry, sprint competition. Um, again, no surprises as to, as to who was on top after 200 meter qualifying, but the, um, a good, good qualifying ride from Nicholas Paul from Trinidad and Tobago. And also, yeah, a good qualifying ride from, uh, from, from Nicholas, but also, um, in the quarterfinals, the young Russian, Mikhail Yakolev, um, surprising, uh, Hublin there. Um, and, uh, I mean, he's, he's a massive young guy. I mean, as you know, I'm, I'm tall, I I'm six, six. And, and, and I sort of was standing next to him. I was like, I think he's taller than me, <laughs> and which is, which doesn't happen very often. And he's just, um, I mean, you know, watch, watching him in the, in the kilo as well. I mean, he's, uh, he's certainly going to be someone to wa- watch in the future. And I said, he took that first ride from Google. And I think he just shocked the Dutch that somebody could actually win a race against them. Yeah. And I think, um, trying to, trying to come around him and ride shoulder to shoulder in the, in the other two races was, was never going to work, but he'll learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, we're, we're going to have to watch him in the future because he's, um, he's certainly a talent. So now we have both Dutch through to the, the semis for, for, for today. Yeah. Um, I was talking to, or it will be next on the podcast. Um, talk to Justin Grace from the, the GB team this morning. Um, we were talking about Hamish Turnbull. So Hamish was the only, only sprinter in the round of 16 who overcame a faster qualifier, albeit the guy he was up against was next on the, um, on the table. Um, and his reward for that was a, was a ride against, uh, Lavraison, which was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, Lavraison, you know, looks like he's just sort of ticking things off. It's like, Oh, I have to do another one of these. Okay. I'll get this one out of the way. Uh, do, do we even need to do a, a prediction for the, for the sprint today? Or is it Lavraison all the way? I mean, the, the way, the way he's riding, it's going to be you know, difficult just watching in the, in the cure and the, the way he came around his teammate Hoogland, you know, um, that just shows his, his, his acceleration is, uh, is so strong. I mean, it's going to take him making a massive mistake a couple of times yeah. to, uh, it, to lose, I think. The, the, the French are on form and he's, he's up against um, Edouard Chiron. Uh, no, not Ed Chiron. Uh, Sebastian Vigier. Just, just the spitting Vigier, image of yeah. Ed Sheeran. Um, it's probably on form, probably the toughest draw Lovrason could have had, but I don't think even with the crowd that's going anywhere. I, I, it's looking to me like an all Dutch final again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it would be, the, the story would be if it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other uh, thing we got uh, early on today is the women's gearing. Um, again, pretty strong field. We've got Hinza, we've got Jeunesse, we've got ex-world champion Nikki de Grendela, Kelsey Mitchell, um, and that's just the first two heats. Um, so yeah. that, that's looking pretty good. Your and we, predictions? And, you know, and, and we've got free... I, I think we're going to see um, Germans and Canadians in the final. Um, and then a couple others, you know, de Grendel probably, um, you know, 
I think we're probably going to see Germans and Canadians on the podium. But, you know, I'd like to say, oh, the Canadians have a chance to win it. But the way the but the way the Germans are riding right now, um, it's it's going to be hard to, uh, to 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 bet against them. Yep. I mean, we haven't seen as much of the Grendel, so we just we, we, we're not so sure there. But it's hard to imagine that that she's going to be able to. Uh, no, um, she, she's never the, she's never the, quite uh, recaptured the, the form. Age. Never quite recaptured the form she had when she won the the world championship. I don't think, um, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, women's points race. So uh, who have we got in that? Yeah, so, there's a number of the same. Although although Kirsten Vild's in there. Yep. They built yeah. So so I mean obviously and and Katie Archibald and Jennifer um, Valente and Capecchi. And Jennifer Valente, although as as we've mentioned, Valente seems to be um, pretty tired and, and seems to be lacking some of that snack. Um, so we'll see. I mean, now now she's she's had a, a day off from not doing Madison, so that, that may have helped her a bit. But Maria uh, Martins you know, those, of, those Maria Martins of Portugal had yeah. a, a little bit of a a late charge in the um, in the Omnium, which didn't quite come off, but she was looking pretty racy. Yeah, exactly. And I know um, I mentioned before, you know, Cole's Lister in the, in the scratch race and, and she actually was Ford, you know, so, but she's still pretty young. I think for years, we may be starting to talk about her as a, a metal potential, but um, I think she'll, you know, she, she could have another top five. And then uh, men's medicine. Um Ethan Hayter back on track with with Ollie Wood for Great Britain. We've got Aaron Gate and Corbin Strong for New Zealand. Um, Morgan Kaniski and Benjamin Thomas for, for uh, France. Denmark. Yeah, Morkov and, and Hansen yeah, for Denmark. Yeah, I mean, Lassie Hansen and Michael Morkov. Pretty amazing yeah. field, actually, isn't it? Uh, it should be yes, a, it a, is. a cracking race. I think I'm yeah. going to decline to make a prediction on that one, though. Yeah, I think I think it's it's going to be um, sort of like that Omnium points race. You know, it's going to be we get one team that seems to um, completely find their form. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be a a, a grueling battle. I oh, got to Kettler and Heeson there as well. So it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's an incredible field, and and that often would be the the end of the program but we have the very last event of the day is the elimination race bizarrely that's right but Ethan Vernon from from Great Britain Gavin Hoover who uh, I, you know, <laughs> he'll, he'll be at the front and he'll he'll set the pace but whether it'll make any of that stick yeah I, I mean you know he'll, he'll make he'll make like you make top eight I think you know for sure because yeah. he'll manage to hang on that long maybe even top five but then eventually he'll run out of gas well, um, and talking about running out of gas, we've got a lot of a lot of riders who've done a lot of work this week. We've got Leitao from Portugal, Viviani, um, Hashimoto yeah. from Japan, uh, all of whom, uh, uh, Donovan Grondan, all of whom have raced a lot this week. Um, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see what they've got left. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, you know, who I want to uh, pick for that one because I mean, some of the some of the names that you in the so. Yeah, yeah, and that's the problem with adding, adding elimination. You're you're now splitting splitting the field between doing the two different races. So you're you know I would argue why they add the elimination because you're just watering down watering down the Madison bit. 
Yeah, and um, my my views on this are, are well recorded. I, I I love the Devil as a track league event. It's it's good fun. It's entertaining. Um, but it, to me, it's it's far too much of a lottery to be given out a, a rainbow jersey at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, might, they, might as well uh, throw, uh, in an, uh, throw in an unknown distance race next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as long as they don't start adding tempo world championships, <laughs> I, yeah. I think I, I think I, I think I might slip my. I, I can't remember. That point. I can't remember <laughs> whether you were with me when I had the um, the conversation with Louis initially, Louis Chennai from the UCI, who confidently predicted that the tempo race was going to be great because it'd be like a devil in reverse, and you'd have a big bunch of riders sprinting for the point every lap. And I said, don't, don't you think somebody might you know, break away, sit off the back and just pick up all the points and then take a lap? Oh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and I think the the second second tempo race we ever saw that happened, and it's happened pretty much every time since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for the love of God, stop giving us four mass start events and calling it a omnium. <laughs> Give us, you know, something that's timed. You know, whether it's a, a kilo or a fly 200 or just something to break it up. Yeah. Well, and, and three three mass start events where you score, what, 40 points maximum for each one, followed by a points yeah. race where you could easily score 80 to 100 points. Um, right. You, know, you, you can offset a, a pretty mediocre first three races with a good points race. Um, so... Why not just have a points race? Cool. Thanks for that, Rob. We'll see you tomorrow for the final look back on the week's racing. As I said earlier, this morning I managed to catch up with GB coach Justin Grace on the bus on the way to the velodrome to talk about the sprint squad's progress over the last couple of years and his thoughts on their performances this week. Just a couple of things really wanted to talk about. We wanted to start with the the girls and particularly the the team pursuit, but but broader than that. It's been a it's been a challenging few years for the the women's program, hasn't it? It's, you know, you've had Katie almost holding it all together on her own after uh, after Vicky's accident, and um, and then on top of that, they add fifty percent to the size of the the team sprint team, which is great for the event, yep. but means you've got to find three sprinters all of a sudden in, instead of two. So how's that all come together? Um, sort of, I guess, slowly. <laughs> we were given a bit of a directive a few years back, really, now to try and establish a, a much better pathway for the women sprinting that maybe, you know, I guess to look outside the square of what we'd been doing previously and what we could do, what we thought we could do differently. So uh, that started with, I guess, the split with um, splitting up the men's and women's programs at, in the podium level to be able to, not, not all the time, but to sometimes deliver, you know, things that would suit either women's racing or the schedule of racing or training better. So that was kind of step one. And the second one was picking up on the talent ID stuff that the EIS have done over the last um, two Olympic cycles. And um, we got some really quite, you know, some really talented kids that came through that program that we've worked on. And I guess, you know, the, the, the highlight there is, you know, come through from Millie Tanner, who's now, um, our, you know, one of the, one of our quick girls on the team and um, race race here at the world championships 
as well. So utilizing that and having a, a really good focus on taking this new event, like you say, 50% larger team and saying, you know what, there will be nations here that don't have three girls that can front up and go fast. Let's make sure that we've got them ready to go before this event actually kicks off. So when we start racing with three women, we're already on the front foot. And our kind of plan there was to, to really try and be in the top four in Europe or five in the world. And obviously, you know, <laughs> we've done that this year. So we're, we're really happy with the progress on that. Perversely, did it help you that you, you hadn't qualified for the team sprint at the Olympics? So you didn't have to disrupt that training by going back to a two, two man set up and train around that and then go back to three men afterwards. I think it did actually. Yes. Um, you know, whilst it really hurt us that we didn't have a team at the Olympics, it, it allowed the girls to have a program that, that really was specifically designed to, to be able to come here to this world championships and perform. So uh, yeah, ironically it was, it had helped us even though it hurt along the way. And I, I guess Sophie and, um, and Lauren will be, not yeah, you know, they're not household names, not but yet. they've been in <laughs> they've been in the program you know a while. Yeah. I think it's 2017. Sophie did her first Europeans. Yep. Uh, Lauren was a, a Minsk World Cup in in 2018. Yep. So they've been around a while. So does that help having a couple of girls in the in the squad who who have the experience, know what what it's all about? Does that help the the newer girls fit in? Yeah, it help, it helps massively, you know, with the experience that Sophie's had racing around Europe and, and the world over the last few years, um, to have someone that's been there and done that and understands the processes and, and the highs and lows um, has been a real big plus um, for the young girls to be able to, you know, not, not, to, not to lean on her as such, but to, you know, I guess Sophie's just kind of led by example of, you know, cr- cracking on and, and, uh, and, being the, the the stable um face of the of the program for the girls yeah and and she's had a, a pretty tough time of it over the last couple of weeks hasn't she lost her father i think last week yes. so even more remarkable performances from her i guess she's a, a very tough cookie and an exceptionally good person on top of that so yeah it's been amazing to see sophie come through this week and, and she's riding in the kieran today she is. pretty tough Pretty tough it's, heat she's got. Yeah, I, it's the world championships. There's no such thing as an easy heat. That's true. There are easier heats. Right? <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, but you know, um, to get through to be in that final, uh, you've got to you're going to end up meeting most of the top riders anyway, and um, that's the approach yeah. that we always take with the Kieran. Is every heat is uh, is just like a final. So with with that, Paul, you must be pretty feeling pretty good about the the next couple of years, the next Olympic cycle. So certainly for for the women, we, we are. We're really excited um, about the, the prospects that we've got, the talent that we've got coming through, and for those girls, those girls that are here now are already have training partners back home that are starting to push them as well young younger girls coming through again so you know that makes it really really exciting for us as coaches and for the program as a whole I, I, I guess on the men's side you've almost had the opposite problem and you've had a an embarrassment of riches and you've got riders like joe truman who've who've been around for a while joe is a tv star obviously for his kieran uh, documentary with with chris Hoy. And, and and those three have been around a while, but it's it's difficult to get into that team sprint squad. It's, it is really difficult, and you know those, those guys are um, you know obviously incredibly talented and have you know set the precedent for future generations. 
But, you know, like, similarly to the girls program, we actually have a, a group of young kids, you know, re- really talented young kids coming through now that are going to start pushing those guys in the next couple of years. So uh, it's really great because none of those guys that are, you know, really, really up there in the very top, top level already, that they won't have an opportunity to sort of sit back and enjoy that moment. They're going to have to keep pushing on from the young kids coming up th- through from below which is obviously the best way, you know, competition in, in-house creates uh, a better, better overall team. So, And I think Hamish, Hamish yesterday was the, I think was the only rider who um, overcame his, his qualifying seeding, albeit only by one place when he yep. beat Chalante. And his reward for that, we're talking about meeting the best riders, his reward for that was a ride against uh, Leveracen. <laughs> yeah. What, what would he have learned from that? Um, the funny thing was that uh, he said to me before the race, Oh, I've got a hundred percent winning streak against uh, Harry because I raced against him in a revolution once and beat him in a, I think it was like a longest lap or something. So he, he, you know, he went in there, you know, wanting to be able to race a good race. And, you know, I think that's almost, almost anybody can ask for racing against Harry at the moment, but uh, we were really, really um, impressed with Hamish's two rides. He rode um, tactically really, really well. Um, So, you know, we've got, the raw ingredients there and, and some really good uh, race, race craft coming through. So for him, I think it was a, a successful campaign despite, you know, I've, we all want to get further through the rounds, but um, uh, I think he did pretty well. I, I'll let you go shortly, but just, just one last question. Given that we're, we're just not quite in the start of the next Olympic cycle, but the next Olympic cycle is a lot shorter than, than traditionally, yeah. That pool of riders you talked about, are we going to see some more of those guys tried out at Track Nations Cups or or in, in your mind, is this close to the the Paris lineup? Uh, no, I think we'll, we will definitely be playing around with some combinations over the next little while, certainly uh, in the team sprints. And we'll be seeing what, what comes out of that. You know, with once we've got at the end of this month, which is, well, pretty much now, is kind of the deadline for the Olympians to let us know whether they plan on continuing or not. So it's been difficult for us to make any solid plans on, on people, you know, bums on seats kind of thing until now. We'll have a really good idea about that, but we're not expecting a max exodus. That's for sure. So yeah, we will have a pool of riders and we will, we will try and get some of those younger guys out on, um, into some of those like nations cups and certainly class ones around, around the world. Brilliant. Thanks for that. I, I look forward to seeing you face-to-face in Glasgow in uh, April. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and for our regular listeners, before the racing started this week, we caught up with Corbin Strong and Aaron Gate of New Zealand. Unfortunately, the Zoom connection wasn't great, so apologies for the audio quality. But we started off by talking about the hazards and consequences of team pursuiting. Yeah, we're pretty good at not crashing in team pursuiting anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was I was reluctant to, to bring that up, but um, how's the collarbone? Well, you can't laugh about it. <laughs> but yeah, it's all good. Um, first time going to Madison like a couple of days ago since I've been to have any issues. So the titanium plate seems to have done its job. So I think you're um, you're now almost as famous for for mouthing to the camera as you are for. Um, for being a world champion. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that that got quite a bit of coverage. But, yeah, didn't know what else at the time, to be honest. 
done your first hand sling since the the collarbone in the last couple of days. So how's 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 um, that yeah, all feeling? Fine, luckily, um, Corbett even said to me like, "Oh, I forgot that you had a broken collarbone. How was it? Like, <laughs> it was only a few slings in, but, but I obviously <laughs> forgot as well. So that's probably a good sign. I mean, it still has a few niggles here and there, but in general, like um, I can't forget about it now. So um, clearly, the surgery's worked and titanium plate did its job and the bone's fully healed now so yeah just looking forward to getting stuck in now had, had to do a few press ups on advice from our team manager Shane Archibald just to make sure that everything was up to scratch but ready to rip into it and Corbin how much difference does it make when you've trained with a partner and as you did at the Olympics have to, to change at the last minute yeah, for the Madison uh, well it makes a difference being with somebody like Aaron or, or Campbell they've got a lot of experience in the Madisons and yeah, that matters a lot in a field like this. I'm still learning a lot in the medicine and still got a lot to learn. So this week will be another big experience for me and it's a stacked field in the medicine. So yeah, it's going to be a big challenge, but I think, um, yeah, we're definitely capable of, of getting the result there. So yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, I've taken a lot of uh, learnings from the Olympics and uh, yeah, we can ride a nice medicine race. And that's it for today. We'll be back as usual tomorrow with our roundup of all the action from the week. And we hope another special guest. Until then, goodbye.